turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2. That's where we'll be today. Um, we've started on the first one well enough, and we'll end on everything after verse 1 as we celebrate the intentionality of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, this week, as I was preparing for the sermon, I, I came across a biography of, of, a, of a pastor who passed away when I was in grade school, and his, his name is Vance Havner. And, and you may be familiar with him. He was a little pastor, a pastor in a little town in North Carolina who God used to make a big impact all over the country. But he said something that I thought was true for this time, and it's true for my life even today. Listen to what Scripture said, or not Scripture, excuse me, listen to what he said. He said this, We are not going to move this world by criticism of it nor by conformity to it, but by the combustion within it of lives ignited by the Holy Spirit. We are not going to move this world by criticism or by conformity, but by the combustion within it that comes from lives ignited by the Holy Spirit. This is what Acts chapter 2 is all about. This is the point and the, the chutzpah behind the book of Acts. Without Acts chapter 2, the rest of it is going to fall completely flat because Acts chapter 2 is about what the Lord is up to and his ways and really starts the theme of our life as believers that we are messengers. You see, we, we are not administrators of the Lord. We do not write the word in order for it to be shared. We are given the word and we share it. We are giving, given a call, and we follow it. We are given a command, and we obey it. But we are not creative for the Lord's sake so that he may have ideas on how to carry out his work. And, and I was thinking about that as all this happens because the times we live in, criticism sells, doesn't it? Conformity places you out of the line of fire if I can if I want to build myself up just start criticizing out loud on Twitter on Facebook anywhere that I can do it and watch what happens if you were to see the news ratings from four years ago how they were declining and then as criticism and 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 um, and attacks have grown we've seen ratings skyrocket people love a good slugfest and we see the Lord using this, of the world, using this tactic. And then, to others, it's criticism basically simply to conform. Just to, to get out of the way, to step aside, to take yourself out of your game, to be a nobody with nothing going on. And on a day uh, where we celebrate this weekend, a reality of, of what sin leads us to when we use these tools to fuel change. We see the destruction, the explosion it leads to in riots and race, even as it supports ratings. If you look at the problems that we have in our country, historically and today, what fuels the rescue? It's the same thing that fuels the problem. It's using the tools of this world to solve problems that sin 
has created. Church, what we're going to talk about today is not how we can take on worldly strategies of conformity or criticism or anger or hate, but instead how we can see how the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost and starting something new in the church is the only tool to change this world for the kingdom for good. And this weekend, when we, when we look about Martin Luther King's birthday and his, his goal, there's a higher goal that must be to accomplish what man could not. In church, that gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so our message is not our own. It's of the Spirit. So let's look in Acts chapter 2 on how today you and I can just be messengers and that by itself transforms us into a life that will change our city, our community, and our country. Acts chapter 2, I'll read the whole thing and then we'll break it apart. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 2, we'll kick on down to verse 21 as we can. The Bible says this, And suddenly there came from heaven like a sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house when they, excuse me, where they were sitting, and the, and divided tongues as, excuse me, and divided as tongues of fire appeared upon them and restored each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the tongue with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound of the multitude, they came together. They were bewildered because each was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each part of us, each one of us in his own native language? Uh, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, and we are amazed and perplexed. And they started saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mock, mocking said they were filled with new wine. Verse 14, but Peter stands up, and he lifts his voice, and he addressed him. He said, men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be that God declares that I will pour out my spirit on, fl on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens and above, and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And all, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, there's a whole lot going on there, but I wanted to read it together because what we're going to talk about is our threads that run all the way through this, that what the Holy Spirit is doing is fueling a combustion that will explode through the rest of the pages of the church's story. And even today, 
when maybe the church individually parts of it and together has lost that potency and tried to think of different ways that we could make it happen that today we can see that clinging on to that power is nothing like what God did when he gave his spirit first of all our, our message is simple the spirit has come but look what he's done he is unraveling the curse and he is beginning the blessing I know this this makes sense in preacher world, but but follow with me. Listen to what verse chapter verse two and three, excuse me, says. It says, "And they divided, and divided tongues of fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them." Verse four, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse five. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. Verse 6, look at the last sentence. Each one was hearing them speak in their own language. Verse 8, each one of us in our own language were hearing them. Verse 11, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Now we get caught up in this passage on the wrong part of it often. Because we really want to start talking about the gifting of tongues. We really want to to pull into this, this rabbit hole that really isn't started here. Because what happens here is not a gifting of tongues. It says that these tongues fell upon them. And divided tongues appeared on them. But listen to what happened. It didn't say each disciple spoke in 50 different languages. What's going on here? The Holy Spirit is loosening the ears of everyone who hears. Come back with me to Genesis chapter 6. Because in Genesis chapter 6, we have the Tower of Babel. The people of God are the people of the world in one unison, in one design grab said we want to build a church and show God how great we are and he can be our prize on top they wanted to build it to the heavens and so what did God do he said you are cursed he he cursed them and he divided them out and he broke apart their tongues so that they could not communicate so that the confusion of their heart and their spirit was evident in their language the curse now look at what civilizations have tried to do since that day we've tried to undo the curse haven't we and the bigger the civilization the harder we get to it we can find it in rome what did rome do is it brought everyone together different nationality different different places different socioeconomic ranges all of these things rome built roads rome gave gifts rome tried to make everybody unified again and the way to do that is through language because if we can speak the same language then we can communicate we can undo the curse how many years later Rome burned church we look at it today there's one language that tends to be the worldwide language that if you're going to learn a second language what's it going to be English 
no matter what country you're from. Like, that's an important language to do. What are we trying to do? Since the fall, we are trying to undo the curse and bring about blessing through worldly means. But listen what Jesus teased when he talked about the kingdom in Matthew chapter 13. He says, he who has ears, let him what? Let him hear. You see, the curse is not undone by hard work for Jesus. The curse is not undone by good intentions for the world. The curse is not impacted by our motivation. It is unraveled by the Spirit of the living God who makes those who are deaf able to hear. You see, church, our message about the Spirit coming and the kingdom to come is not one that we can hard work into someone else. It's something that comes through the gifting of the Spirit. You see, whether it's through the giving of Jesus and the gifting of the Spirit, we see the same thing. God creates a way to make his truth available. Have you ever thought about that when you're wondering how to witness? When you're struggling with what to do? Have you ever, have you ever wrestled with, Lord, I don't know what to say. What if? What if you and I believed, commanded and called by the Holy Spirit, it wasn't about what you were doing? And we realize that the freedom to unlock lives for all eternity, to blow up the chains of sin, came when you and I were simply messengers and the Lord loosened ears to hear. You see, that's what the Lord does on the day of Pentecost. Our message is not that the work is dependent on your eloquent speech, but it's dependent on the Spirit's working. And the burden for his people fell that day. Why did the church start to boom? Because the pressure was not on the people. Simply the reception to be messengers. It goes further, though. It's not just an unraveling of the curse and the Spirit bringing the beginning of the blessing, but it's more. And look at, look at the words of Scripture, Acts chapter 2, verse 5. This is what it says. There were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men from under every nation. Verse 11, both Jews and proselytes. What that means is Jews and people who were not Jews who had converted to Judaism. In, in verse 17 and 18, it says in the middle of this, in the last day, God declares that I will that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, sons, daughters, they'll prophesy, men will see visions, old men will see dreams, male servants and female servants. What happens here is the spirit does what we can't do, what we strive for. He removes the barriers and he's building a family. And do you see that? And we can see barriers all over our world. We see barriers of race. We see barriers of personality. We see barriers of sin. We see barriers of, of resources. We see barriers of houses. We, we have different barriers all over. And in fact, we might look and say it's the compartmentalization of those barriers that make our society stand. 
But that's not what the Holy Spirit says. The Holy Spirit says, I will take those barriers that have been manipulated as a tools for men, that have been twisted to bring power, and I will show you that they were never meant to be barriers, but to be beautiful. I don't know if you've thought about this before, but when you fell in love with your spouse, did you ever have this thought? Men, man, she is beautiful. Right? Ladies, do you ever have this thought? Man, everything about this man just makes me love him more. I remember when I picked up Christy on that first date. She didn't know it was a date yet. I just determined it was a date. And when I open the door and she is there, she is just clueless to what's going on inside my body. And I said, hey, you ready? She's like, hey, David, good to see you. And I say, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I'd known her for for 12 years prior to that door opening. But on that day when the doors opened, my ears were able to hear, my eyes were able to see, a barrier needed to become family. Amen. You follow me. See, what Scripture says here is that what the Lord is doing is he is bringing together a family for himself. That's why Paul says there will be no Jew nor Greek, male or female. He's not erasing identity, but he is simply bulldozing the barriers that man had put up. Church, we live in a society where the barriers are so big the walls so long, the lives so far apart, do you know that there is no worldly tool, there is no person we can elect, there is no portion we can hand out, there is no word that can come from our mouth that can tear down the barriers that sin has latched onto in this world. It doesn't matter how loud you scream. Or how quiet you withdraw. But our message is what we cannot do. The Spirit of God Almighty has come and done. It might seem little to you and I in this day. But for for Peter to say, remember what God said in Joel. Old, young, man, woman servant, slave, it doesn't matter. Country, where you're from, what your background is, it doesn't matter. The Spirit is not erasing your identity, but He is revealing what you were truly made for. He is restoring and redeeming it. And it comes in the form of a family. Church, as you look at your message as we turn on the news as we have conversations in our schools in our workplaces in our homes do you know that the spirit is trying to tell you stop working towards what you cannot solve but submit and let me explode in your life and tear down the barriers and build a family is unraveling the curse 
He is tearing down the barriers, and he is ending the season. I think this is what was most potent to me, the message that I was most encouraged by, because seasons feel long, don't they? I don't know if you thought about this, but good seasons seem too short, and bad seasons seem too long. A compliment stays for a second, but a hurt, hurt, hurt word needs 10,000 weeks to recover from. It's amazing how sin traps us into it. And what we know is the seasons of this world seem like they're broken by moments of peace, but nothing lasting. But what the Spirit has come to do is to put an end to the season and usher in an era. Something that doesn't stop. There's something that doesn't end. In Acts chapter 2, verse 3, it said that tongues of fire appeared and rested on them. Peter says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on them. Acts chapter 2, verse 20 says, all of this will happen before the great day of the Lord has come. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, do you remember the promise that Jesus gave? I will baptize you. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The word baptism literally means to immerse, but figuratively it means to identify with. You see, what the Holy Spirit has done is made permanent what had only been temporary. You see, before Pentecost, the Spirit of God rested on someone or anointed someone for a season and then left. We, we see the Spirit rest on people and even make them a prophet for a time and pull away. But we don't see it come and stay, and it certainly didn't come to everybody. You see, because in the Old Testament, God was showing and reminding us. He was, he was building towards the Messiah, towards His Son, and the coming and the gifting of His Spirit. But in the New Testament, what we live in the shadow of is that through the coming of the Holy Spirit, God has brought about a new era. For all of his family, no matter where you've been or where you've come, to all who've had their ears open, no matter what you've done, he is baptizing and pouring his spirit upon you, not to make you exciting for the world, but to usher you into an era where he is at work. Where his spirit is with you always. When your prayers seem distant, when, when your life seems difficult, his spirit is not far from you. When you disappoint God with what you say or done, his spirit doesn't leave you. Jesus says, I, I won't abandon you won't forsake you. Church, we have a message. And the message is not our own. Through the work of Jesus Christ, His promise has been given and the Spirit of God is at work. Opening the ears of the deaf. Tearing down the barriers and building a family for Himself. And this is not a season of hope, but this is the era of hope.
Church, maybe this morning, you and I just need to be reminded of that truth. Maybe this morning, the power of the Almighty God needs to rest upon you in reality today. Maybe you're so discouraged and disappointed by what's happening out here. Maybe you're discouraged and disappointed by what's happening in here. The Holy Spirit is our message. The truth of God. We are messengers. Have you received the message of salvation yourself? Let's pray together. Father God, Lord, your commission is great. Lord, we know in the midst of all of this craziness, Father God, that, that we are responsible for one thing, being your messenger. Messenger in our actions, messengers in our thoughts, messengers with our friends and family, but messengers in the quiet times as your spirit witnesses to us. So, Father God, as we walk through our story, the story of the church, Lord Jesus, would you let your message transform our lives? Father God, if there's any man or woman who's listening today who has not known that the message of life has come permanently without walls, God, would you open their ears today so that they may hear it in whatever language they speak, God? For, Lord, we desire a big family under the banner of our Lord. In Jesus' name.